Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to Picked Up, the TV pilot review podcast. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here as always with my good friend, former roommate, and co host, Rich. Thank you very much, one half of the stream team. And uh, I'm going to get you a mug that says World's Best Host. Oh. That means yeah, I'll the actually world to me. get it for you. You won't have to buy it yourself. Oh, thank you. And then I'm gonna put it in Jello. Thank you. References. References deep. That's a, this might be the the quickest we've ever alluded to our show. <laughs> we usually like to do a lot of meandering, uh, but yeah, that's how we roll. Well, thank you, Rich. I'm gonna get you a mug that says "Best Host Slash Audio Engineer Slash Producer." All sorts of things. I think producer. It's a I think, busy mug. I think um, in the future when there's a lower third overlay and it's Rich Camelucci, we'll see producer underneath it. <laughs> oh. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Well, hey, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, here we are uh, talking television, talking all things television, and seeing where that discussion goes. Um, if you're tuning in for the first time, Rich and I are going to discuss a pilot later on in the episode. But before we get to that, we'd just like to sort of see how each other are doing and talk about any TV we might have uh, been watching recently. In a segment called, What You Watching? Well, Rich, thank you for asking, buddy. Um I am a repeat viewer, like to watch my old things, uh, and have as well. On any given week, you can know I'm watching a lot of the same stuff. Bob's in Arrested Development. Um, although I've incorporated uh, something new, um, can't say it was great, but I watched something new. I watched, I think, six out of the eight episodes of Flaked, the new Will Arnett I don't think you've oh, even heard of it. Yeah, no, this is one on Netflix, right? Yep. Yeah. There's so there's just getting to be like too many Netflix originals. There are too many, and um, yeah, there's a reason you haven't really heard of it. It's not the greatest. Really, that's uh, I, man, Will Arnett is frustrating because I feel like when he's part of like an ensemble or like hidden behind it animation, mm-hmm. uh, he's fucking great. Uh, but like when he has his own thing. It just never works, whether it's a movie or a show or anything like that. It just doesn't work. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a huge fan, and it, like you said, he's been stellar in ensembles and BoJack and everything. Um, it's just a boring show. There was a fantastic article I read somewhere about it, um, about this sort of uh, new fad of making, uh, what they call them, like traumedies, like traumatic comedies. Yeah. And it's more of just like a genre safe zone of this could be funny, but just in case it isn't, um, it's not supposed to be. So <laughs> it's not that we've failed to be funny. It's just that we're in this nebulous area. And I yeah. do think it is kind of a cop out. Um, it's set in Long Beach and he's like a recovering alcoholic and things like that. Yeah. There's a lot of good elements, but it just it doesn't work really well. But yeah. I did want to uh, watch more of it. So I did. There's a, I, I haven't watched it, so I probably shouldn't bring it up. But I've heard a lot of like interesting things about the ranch it's also another netflix show okay the one with like ashton kutcher that's right and um sam elliott and danny masters yeah yeah a bit of a a 70s show reunion for those two apparently it's like funny and vulgar and like risky and shit 
Yeah, I, I would hope so. I'd hope, especially coming from Netflix and not having to abide by, you know, network right. rules, that it would take advantage of that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, like, super behind on the, the Netflix uh, shows. But um, I have uh, been catching up with a lot of, like, the actual, like, network shows um, that are, you know, kind of reaching their season finales. Better Call Saul had their season finale. Okay. Overall, pretty disappointing second season. But it's like, like I said before on the episode of Rudy, uh, am I not going to watch for, like, when shit goes crazy later? No. No, you're you know? going to, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the two shows I want to talk about specifically that are kind of, like, either winding down or have. Um, one, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which uh, they so, um, brought in Jason Manzukis as kind of a reoccurring character. Okay. Um, who, are you familiar? The name is, but no. Can yeah. you jog my memory? He's Rafi from the League. Oh, okay. Um, he's done yeah. like a bunch of stuff. I love him. Yeah. Uh, and he, um, so they brought him in to play a very Jason Manzukis type character, just very like... Insane, yeah, un- unhinged. I I think he is cool, but like, well, kind of a lucky guy there, you know, kind of fallen. I think it's, you know, I think he's funny too, but it's like, like you said, like, how many roles are going to be a one eighty for him versus like just do your deal. His role on Transparent very much a one eighty. Okay, uh, he was awesome on Transparent. <clears throat> also, like just listening to him on either Comedy Bang Bang or How This Get Made, he's like a very clever person too and he's like okay you know he, he he's a big nerd he can make all the nerd references and all that stuff he has a lot of different looks that don't get shown that often i don't think that's his fault okay um then <clears throat> this one is more similar and kind of in that vein of it is it's okay. like if rafi was like toned down for network and a cop okay um like his his character was like coming um back from being undercover for so long uh and just kind of like he, he has a hard time adjusting to like regular life because okay. he was like in the mob and um, <clears throat> pardon me. And uh, yeah, for, for like sort of the tenor and tone of that show, he was kind of a shot in the arm because the show can, can kind of get not of anyone's fault. It could just kind of like drone sometimes, mm-hmm. which is like sometimes by design, sometimes not. So it was an awesome, just shot of energy for that show. Is this a th- like third season, fourth season, third season. Okay. Uh, and it ended up being like he play, him playing a big part in like the whole story arc for like the last half of the season, which was awesome. It was really great. And I fucking hope he comes back on as like a series regular because like it was getting to the point where the show did kind of need like a shakeup. They either need to like lose somebody or add somebody. So hopefully that's what they're doing there. Well, that is good. And I'm yeah. glad to hear that there is a lot more range than <laughs> just what I would stare, you know, stereotype them to have or whatever. Or these just between the two, arguably, well, the more prominent roles. Yeah. Again, like I said, not being that versed or um, seeing that much of transparency. Very much. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Uh, the second show I want to talk about that's winding down is The Grinder. Talked about it before, but I want to talk about it a little, a little more mm-hmm. because it's been... It's been doing this all season, but especially as of late, where it is just so it's a show about the television industry. Okay. And like we don't really talk about much about like our qualifications or whatever, but like we both went to school for like TV and film production. Mm-hmm. And so seeing 
the grinder like do shit like that. It's hilarious, and it gives itself the the easy device and conceit of being able to pull like comparisons to the television world by this guy having been in it. But the way it just weaves it through a regular story is fucking great. Like uh, two episodes, two weeks ago, there was a whole episode about like uh, uh, like focus groups. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know the uh, last week's episode. By now, two weeks ago, uh, there was an episode about like how the board wanting like more simple stories and like no the audience supposed to be challenged. Da, da, da. And so then like that's how it starts with like the the cold open with like the scene from his old show, and then the show then like laid out these typical stereotypical like sitcom like premises like oh they forgot their anniversary oh this person comes back and like all these lies but then it ended up like making it like super complicated okay it was really smart the way it was done i'm not explaining it well at all but it's it's a show that's working on like several different levels and is also very funny and has good jokes that's and good. it's rare to see so i just want to talk about that shit because it needs to be i'm glad you bring it up for this episode and again we'll get to it in a little bit but that's probably one of my bigger problems with not one of my bigger problems it's one of my problems with with the show that we're going to review later on the episode. <laughs> and uh, so I am. I'm happy, even though, you know, having not seen it, like, I like the idea of complexity in in shows more so, you know? Yeah. Uh, and our last thing I'll talk about, well, not really, uh, but by this point, uh, Game of Thrones season six will have premiered. Uh, I, I, that'll be, that will be neat. That'll actually be something to really monitor this season seeing how Game of Thrones is going to approach for the first time being completely ahead of the original yeah. material and the leader, the the actual, like, the story writer instead of just comparisons from the novel. And, you know, it's like, well, according to the novel, this should happen. It's yeah. like, no, it's going to be all original. Yeah. Well, not original, but it's going to be it's gonna be new. So yeah. it'll be fun to see. It's, this is where they can, like, make the revelations and tie shit up. Right. And cash in on all the stuff. I will probably... Not watch, but at least keep up with what's going on. I read through the fourth book, and then I didn't read through five, but that's the season that basically just concluded, you know, with the end of and the cliffhanger with John and everything. So, yeah, you think that might be like this might be the reason why Homeboy like hasn't been writing these books because like the show got popular. He's like, all right, fine, fine, I'm gonna fuck off for a little while. I want to see you finish this shit. <laughs> Could be and. And if it's it fucking rocks, then I'll just write that. And if it doesn't, I'm gonna do the fucking opposite. I think so. I think there, you know, how many times has a writer been in that position to be like, <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly where it's because I've heard, I don't know where it was, but I heard that you know one of the major theories about how everything's connected and how everything will resolve is like he was confronted with it and he's like. No, that's not what I'm doing. But it was totally it's like, yeah, that was his idea. Oh, for sure. It's, yeah. like, it's a testament to his writing. It's fantastic, yeah. and it makes sense, and it's going toward a natural conclusion. But really dedicated fans, I think, have already kind of figured out what that conclusion is. Well, and if not that one conclusion, they've figured out, like, the 50 different possible conclusions. Yeah. So that's sort of a big drawback to having a show like that that people get so into is... People on the internet can just come up with every possible scenario for like, an ending. Yeah. It's like, not to be disparaging, but it's like monkeys with typewriters just in terms of like 
you have like an army. You have yeah. millions of people, like yeah. you said, just talking about it. Yeah. And they're bound to come upon something that's like, oh yeah, we were actually going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's like had to change a lot of shows to like fucking, you know, probably like a lot of Lindelof shows. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. just have to fucking zig when everyone's saying they're going to zag. I was just saying that I wish the internet existed on like Wednesday, Friday, and you know, Sunday. And the rest <laughs> of the week, there there was none. It's like, go, you know, sit at your house, read a book, talk to your neighbors, but get off the fucking internet for at least for 50% of the it's week. It's internet day. I know. And then the other half, and then go right back to it the other day so you can do all your stuff. But Jesus, I've really been feeling this thing of just like this 21st century you know, constant connectivity, you know? Just unplug, y'all. It's weird. I mean, again, like we said, it's, it's you know, that connectivity is impacting how people are creative now in a major way. Um, have you been watching any of the playoffs at all? Any of the NBA playoffs or NHL playoffs for that matter? Uh, I have been watching the some of the NHL playoffs, which is very exciting. It's a classic sort of Blackhawks uh, as of today, um, or as of recording, the series between them and the Blues is tied up. After having been down three one, which is really kick ass, um, I've been waiting for the NBA playoffs to kind of get to the second round. Show for real, you know, it's like it's such a formality. It, it, that's you know, and I love the NBA playoffs, but one of my only criticisms is it's like the first round matchups are their formalities at this point. It's like I and every like. Once every year or two, you'll get the one series that'll like go to seven games and is super dramatic, and yeah. the underdog is gonna overcome the odds and right, an actual they, even like a parody enough that like oh this will be good exactly. But one like the, I don't know, man. I growing up we had the first round being five game series, and to me those just instilled a lot more urgency in the first round. Yeah, you're right. You know, like. Your higher seeds had to take it a lot more seriously because they didn't have as much as many games to fuck around with. And right, you could lose two games and be like, you know, shit. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Now you lose two games, it's like, oh man, we gotta get our ass together. Right, exactly. You can just sort of like take it off, or like phone it in or whatever, or just have like a shitty night. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You, and you could play more of the 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 home court advantage game and whatnot. Yeah, it. I I for a long time. Like a lot of people are finally start talking about it, but like I for a long time have wanted the the first round to be five games. Yeah, I think that would be that would be a great improvement, or you know, just a return to a schedule that's just it's more like you said, more exciting. The stakes get a little bit higher because yeah. of the shorter series. Yeah, and yeah, that, in the second round is where you have like your teams that are for real, and mm -hmm. that's when you need a seven game series, and from there on, right? And then you can, yeah, oh, man. I'm a little disappointed only because just like even back like the last year or two at the Heat. Remember when the Heat and the Pacers had like they had two consecutive Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yeah, yeah. those were great. Sure. Those were like, and those were for real, and those were really exciting. Yeah, but yeah, so unfortunately, you know, right now it's just too much of like, yeah. So who who's moving on? The the Cavs, the Heat, the the Hawks. Yeah. And then who's that other? Um, and Pacers Raptors is kind of. Pacers are kind of. Kind of doing the best. That. Yeah. Right. Them. But that's Toronto. Toronto's like, oh, yeah. It's like number two. So he's like, don't care. No, nah, doesn't, doesn't matter. Toronto's like the embodiment of that. 
first round apathy. He's like, I don't care, dude. It's like, yeah, not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, go uh, go basketball. Go basketball. Basketball's what? fun. Watch the second round, y'all. Yeah, watch the second round, everybody. Baseball's been uh, cool for at Has least it? for this city. Has it? The the Sox and the Cubs are doing really, really well, really well. Cool. Which is pretty interesting. Cool. Yeah, man. You know. I fucking I, you went to a game the other or yesterday, right? I did. Yeah. I did. I went saw the White Sox play. It was very fun. Um, just nice to be outside in Chicago. Yeah, you know that's a real big difference for us up up here. Weather's getting beautiful and all that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anything else? Any other watchings? Things like that? Not really. Yeah, I don't think so either. So uh, to move on to the show we have for this week. If you guys didn't tune in uh, for last episode, Rich uh, will always do an elevator pitch. He'll do some quick recaps and share his thoughts and feedbacks and everything and then reveal what we're going to watch for the following week. And this show's TV show, this show's episode, there's a lot of episode and show talk right here. (laughs) This podcast's episode is the pilot of the U.S. version of The Office from 2005. I imagine we just came back from that sweet office jingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which so. is like maybe my one of my favorite, probably my favorite TV sh- show theme. It it's fantastic, and I think it definitely kind of revitalized the idea of um of a of a TV theme show, uh, song. Yes, uh, and and sort of redefined it as one that doesn't need lyrics. Yes, you know, like just a a melody. That is going to sound super douchey, but it's like a character. I mean, but it is. It's like it really captures a lot of yeah. that, the feeling of that show and the cast of that show. Yeah, so NBC 2005. Um, this is an import from Britain, yep. as many TV shows are. Um, to start off, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you think that that's a reflection of a lack of originality or like someone seeing an opportunity to import what's uh, like a really good premise into a different environment? Like, how do you feel about British imports? I think it's a lot of the latter, honestly. Like, when mm-hmm. it's done earnestly mm-hmm. by, like, creative people, I feel like that it's a lot of, oh, I saw this thing when I was, like, o- overdoing press or something like that. I think it's something that, you know, my country would really, really like and enjoy, you know. We just can't understand anyone. Like, there's going to be a lot of... of gap between you know a lot of things like either terminology or or what yeah uh and so like thinking you could take the, the idea and like if you're you know an honestly creative and talented person you can expound upon it in different ways yes um which you know i think is something that they obviously touched upon or like that's a, a chord that they struck for sure yeah yeah they definitely they they fork off you know um like they start out with basically same, almost the same teleplay and everything, yeah. or the same teleplay, and then, but by the series end, they're much different. I've never seen the British Office. Neither have I. Okay, um, I don't really have a desire to. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, how about Gervais? What do you think of Gervais? Gervais is on and off for me. Like, yeah, there's certain 
things that he'll do that I'm just like, fuck, dude, that was like kind of transcendent and kind of really thought provoking. And then there's other things where it's just like, you're just kind of needling to needle. Yeah, I totally agree. It kind of reminds me of Frank Zappa a little bit in terms of like, could really produce, again, like really thoughtful, skilled things. And then just like, yeah, this is really stupid. Like, can we just <laughs> not? I'll probably lean more toward the latter, at least as just his his career. I think as a person, he seems pretty awesome. But like when I see him, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, so. there's, um, I mean, I loved Extras. Extras was, was great. Uh-huh. And like the first half of Invention of Lying is fantastic. I mm-hmm. love that movie uh, until it becomes typical rom-com stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm hot and cold on him. How are you on Corel? Um, I, I am, <clears throat> hate to jump ahead, but he's going to be my MVP for oh. this because he is just, in terms of, I do, I like him a lot. I can remember him from the old Daily Show days, sure. like when you had both him and Colbert still doing like segments Yeah, and, um, huge fan of him. Really like him. You know, I think he's proven he can be really earnest and a good actor, and he can also just sort of carry the weight of this really unlikable character. Do you remember his Produce Pete Yes, segment? I do. I remember. <laughs> produce Pete. That's the best part. It was like, Produce Pete with Steve Carell. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, glad you bring that up. Yeah, so... Um, and just to give, I mean, I uh, sort of should have said this, but The Office is just a, it's a single cam sitcom about a a paper supply office in Pennsylvania. Mockumentary style. Yes, done in a very, yes, in, in the Christopher Guest mockumentary style. And these, this U.S. version stars Steve Carell as Michael Scott, um, the, the, um, the manager, the sort of, you know, embarrassingly oblivious manager or awkward oblivious manager. Um, yeah. Any like anything jump out immediately? This is like a this is like a twenty eight <laughs> or twenty two minute pilot. Yeah. Uh, man, I gotta tell you, there were a lot of things that I did not like about this pilot. Like one, it was start it was starting uh, uh, upstream anyway, like to swim upstream anyway because it's hard enough to do a pilot uh that's just like a regular like narrative and it's not like documentary style mm-hmm. so you can sort of fill in a lot of these information dumps through exposition but there's something just so much more jarring to me just like doing it to the camera yeah and it's and it's it's different i, I wish i could articulate why it's different when it's a movie cuz you got to do the same thing for like Christopher Guest movies, yeah, and when it's a TV show, I like agree. for a movie, you're it's you're you're weeding it, and you have time, you have two hours to like make it all sort of make sense. But like this just felt like something very unfinished, very unpolished, and it was just like it, I don't know, it just kind of was like frustrating. I share the feeling. I think for different reasons, I, you hit it on the head when you said for a film, and that's what I thought. If this were a movie, and yeah. I knew going in, it's like this would be two hours start to finish, yeah in this style, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable about it. I do, I do like it. And I think it's by far not the, not what makes me dislike the show in general. Um, but yeah, I think because again, the nature of a TV show is sort of continuing and evolving. It's a real jarring thing. Like you said, yeah. to see it done in a Christopher guest style. Yeah. 
And then also, I just like had a lot of, I don't know, like just negative feelings towards Michael Scott and and just how like the level of un like how unprofessional he was. I understand that he's supposed to be like a bumbling fool and make inappropriate like comments and stuff like that, but like the amount of those like per capita like on the show would have gotten every like it would have fallen out to gotten everyone fired. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like how is it a question between this and another branch? Like this everything is being horribly done here. It is. It's funny, you know, um and I sort of extrapolate that to my whole thesis about this show, but it's funny to look back this is 11 years ago. There's stuff that's sort of going on in the pilot that like I don't think people would react would tolerate at all today. For sure. There's racial and gender stuff that that people NBC would be like apologizing or like not releasing. Well, and it's, so yeah. Yeah, and I agree, but even then like I feel like you could still get away with that if that character you know, either by the end of the episode or somewhere, like, gets the team a win. Like, you gotta fucking like this guy for some reason, somehow. I agree. I was thinking that it'd be different if he was like, he's an idiot, he's a, he's just completely kind of a, like a dummy, but he's the best at what he does. Yeah. You know, and then I'd be like, and or he runs this branch, this is yeah. the best branch. And or this he's is- got, like, legitimate uh, appreciation and affection for the people he works with. Yeah. So this is the show's sense of humor or lack thereof. Well, it, this uh, is like to me, yeah. The problem with this show is that it just like doesn't know what funny. It's taking awkward awkwardness is not comedy. And I, I, I feel like it sort of branded itself as the awkward comedy. Yeah, like that was its big. That's what people loved about it. Is like you know just general population people like. Loved how awkward it was, and oh, I'm so awkward too. Right, and kind of like we just like I just spoke about with Flake. I hate that. I hate that because it's like a cop out, and it's like yeah. it's another yeah. one of these things of like, well, if you didn't find this funny, if you found this funny, great, I'm hilarious. If you didn't find this funny, oh uh, well, you're not supposed well, to. Isn't that awkward? It, isn't oh, that so boy. weird? Oh my god. Oh, we're really covering the pants down. This show is like a comedy show that's written by people who aren't funny. Like it's, I, I, there's things I like about this show, but, um, I feel very vindicated in having not watched this show, not really liking this show. And I think that if you come up to me and tell me that the office is one of your favorite shows, or if you told me that you think the office is funny, I'd think you're an idiot. If you told me you liked it, I could understand. Well, and to be perfectly fair, I feel like from what I remember hearing at the time, like the first season is very, very different from the rest of the series. Yes. Because they were drawing so much from the British series. And Ricky Gervais. And yeah. here he is with his. So idiots. I feel like a lot of those things, I feel like a lot of those harsh edges kind of get rounded off. Mm-hmm. I feel like they do make a lot of the corrections that we're kind of griping about now. Yeah. And I feel like it probably does start to attract some better writers. And there's actually writing going into it. Because there's just way too much of a pedigree for there not to be. 
You know, I mean, I feel like the uh, the talent, the performer talent, is what got me through this pilot. The 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 talent of these performers, and like you said, as the show evolves, here's the thing. You know what? One of the biggest things people love about this show is the romance between uh, Pam and Jim and Pam. So that's an example of like, if you told me you like The Office or you watch The Office and you love that, it's like, that's legit to me. Yeah. Um, and they and they laid that on thick in the pilot. Yes, they did. And you know, I think it's one of the only that worked way more than. Or that to me was again the my understanding of how you could like this show. I don't think this show ever got that funny. I would have to do my due diligence sure. to watch later seasons. Yeah. I don't think this ever was or ever could be how it's done a funny show the way that I could think of 30 Rock as a as a funny show. But I could see that Yeah. And I want to bring in two quick comparisons and see how you feel. <clears throat> okay, so again like especially considering how much people like the romance and the kind of like the characters, mm-hmm. you got that end of the spectrum which is the office. You got the 30 Rock end of the spectrum which I think the you know, also really talented performers, but the writing is sharp to the point that jokes are great. It's right. In the middle, you got Parks and Rec, where you have the equal parts like that's a hilarious joke, and that character I care about to the point that I'm crying over them, you know, getting yeah. married. I um ugh, man, it's it's a weep fest too. It's so good. Uh I would even argue that Parks and Rec would lean maybe a little bit closer to the office, not just because right. of its inception and how it, its format was, but like, like Thirty Rock is is it's a joke show. It's, it's it has all these characters and these settings for these jokes to exist. Yes, they are there to serve the jokes. Whereas for a show like Parks and Rec, the jokes were there to serve the characters and totally. the town. And again, that's why again these shows they ran long, but it's the you know, nobody cried at the Thirty Rock finale. No, but the 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 the, uh, the Office finale, Parks and Rec finale. Again, it the relate the relationships to the characters and the fandom for the characters is what makes the show so popular. Yeah, for sure. I also think um, a lot of its popularity, and this is just from having worked in offices for the last you know few years, uh, came from a sense of like solace and making people excited and I use that word very liberally but like giving people a sense of like they're in their own office yeah and they have their own Dwight and their own Pam and their own Brian or whatever yeah and and like it's all just a mirage uh and you're just lying to yourself um but like I've worked in offices with those people that like will Say like, oh, this is just like that episode of The Office, and it's like, dog. <laughs> I know you want it to be, but it's I, it's not. It's not, but it is. It's like, yeah, I could see that a lot. Again, you the know. people identifying or or fooling themselves into thinking that yeah, they're one of these roles or something like it's, that. It's like the, when you put it on paper, it's like the saddest form of fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It is. It's like, wow, this is your fantasy to be in in a slightly goofier version of your day yeah, job. I mean, maybe because it's just so close and so tangible. Yeah, you know, they can make the leap. Yeah, um, I think you know, I'd love to keep, and, and we will. But like, I think we already pretty succinctly hit most of the feelings about this. Again, my biggest thing I just want to reiterate is that like, I can understand how you like the show. The show's not funny. 
and I would get pissed off if someone was like, oh, so funny. It's like, it's not. And I did, and I, I take my comedy very seriously. And I, and I can remember that that's what she said craze when it was, and, and if, if there was a way you could get me to snap someone's neck, it would just be to keep uttering that. Yeah. Well, again, it being the Michael Scott character, he's playing a character of like that type of guy. You're like, he's that guy. And so I feel like him doing that joke was a fucking commentary on people that do that joke, but then it just became a self parody where everyone was doing that joke because they thought it was funny. Yeah. I don't think that's the thing is, you know, the fan base or whatever, the people who got really into the show, it's like, again, not, well, shoot, whatever, shots fired. It's just like not aware enough or smart enough to realize it's like, no, don't do that. It's right. a, it's right. a dumb, douchey thing yeah. to do that. It's not a fun thing the to do. The sect of those people that were doing that. Right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm willing to bet that there were other people that would watch that and go like, what a tool. Right. You, that's telling me to not do that. Right. That is Don't what it is. Don't be like this person. Yeah. That's like, again, it's like satire or whatever. It's like, yeah. yes, don't do this. But then people started <laughs> doing it. So, <laughs> you know, ah, yeah. Uh, any other? There, uh, there were definitely a few times that I did laugh out loud. Same there here. There were definitely moments. Um, I think the character's name is Brian. Uh, kind of like the big bald guy. Yes. Yeah. He made me laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. Mostly just because he had like really good timing. Yes. Uh, uh, John Krasinski didn't make me laugh. Uh, Rain Wilson made me really not laugh. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know. Again, it's like the the notoriety of that character is like one of like maybe just people dislike or just I don't get yeah, it. No, like, I, I know. I, I don't. I don't like. People who aren't likable. You, you've got to give me something about this character to make me want right. to be with him every week. Like, he could still be grating, annoying, rude, but, like, give him something yeah. that makes you fucking either feel bad for him or root for him or something. Right. I think, you know, again. Or make him a villain. Or just make him a villain. He pops in every now and then when you need him to. Yes. And as you said before, it's a much different structure in 30 Rock because, again, it's it's all about sort of the the joke. But I did think that, like, Liz Lemon is frazzled, but she's still running the show. And Tracy is a complete basket case, but he's, like, the talent. And yeah. same with Jenna. And and Jack is is cold and, you know, too businesslike, but also good at his job. And, you know, again, and then, you know, there's other instances where you say that, again, you build sympathy or likability for a character. And, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so Rain Wilson, not fun. John Krasinski, not too into him. Just vanilla. Uh, he's fucking vanilla. Oh, yeah, he's vanilla. Um, love, my favorite moment was, uh, and th- again, like I want to, when we get to the section, we can I can expound more praise, but uh, uh, Steve Carell is Michael Scott doing a Hitler impression. <laughs> I give it up for that. Up. <laughs> I am... I'm all about Hitler jokes. <laughs> like, and I, that had me. And yeah. I was appreciated the... Again, today... It's so weird. I, you know, it just seems so weird that, you know, I feel like a show wouldn't do that today. I mean, I could see that in a show today. But also, at the same time, I feel like that's really all that you needed to do to show that this guy doesn't get it. Yeah. Instead, they like kept packing on like 30 more cringeworthy moments yeah. of just like 
just uh, just meanness. Yeah. And and sexist yeah. and, and 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 like slightly racist. Yeah. Uh, moments where it's like, no, that fucking nailed it. Yeah. That did what you needed to accomplish. Yeah. And so why? I gotta give a shout out to my improv mentor, uh, Bill Arnett. And one of my favorite things that he's taught. And if you ever look and do some improv classes in Chicago, please see the Chicago Improv Studio. Uh, you can search that. Search Bill Arnett. Uh, we're on 1910 West Irving Park at the Bug House Theater. But this idea of, <coughs> in comedy, of like the crazy person. And he says that in real life, you don't talk to crazy. If someone comes up to you and starts being crazy, you run. You don't, ha- you don't hold a conversation. If your manager at work did that, you know, they'd be fine. Like, it, the situation doesn't exist unless there's some, some balance yeah. with, like you said, professionalism or likability or whatever, yeah. or just even more subtleness, you yeah. know, uh, which like, is not there. This, this, uh, this show did not accomplish a lot of the things you need to accomplish in a pilot. Yeah, like just, that's a great way to put hands it. hands down. Um, yes. So MVP, though, that said, still Steve Carell. Totally for me. Again, I agree. It's a, as with many things, as with many great, great performances, like it kind of looks easy, yeah, but is not. And I yeah. think that I think for sure. And again, there's still like Brian and some of the other more talented people. With less talented people, this show what didn't happen, you know. But I think at least initially, until the writing catches up with it, it's the it's the on screen talent that makes the show yeah. survive. Uh, LVP. The I, I thought about that. I uh, the writing, the writers, the writing. But, uh, but Ricky a, Gervais, a performer, <laughs> yeah, like a performer yeah, in the for show. A performer. Uh, I would go with. I think Rain, just because. Because again, the way Steve Carell makes me like, I applaud him for even though he's playing a crappy character, like. I just I see no reason to ever want to see Dwight, and seeing how big of a a part of the show he's going to be, that would put me off. I'm gonna go with Jenna Fisher. Ah, her presence on screen—it's like a black hole. It uh, was grating. Like she was all of that awkwardness that we talked about. Like all of the like. Negative manifestation of that. Yeah. Like, just too, too much. I don't know if she, like, tones it down or whatever. But, like, I just didn't think she was very good. And I've seen her in other things, and I like her. She's great in Walk Hard. Uh, what would I you just, have liked to have seen as Pam? Like, either more more of a spine or more of, like, a sort of already knows what the deal is? Like, can you, can you picture, if you were her director, what would you advise her to do? I think both of those would be great notes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like... It's clear that yeah. your boss is oblivious to things. Yeah. So you can probably like say shit to stand up to him to make Hell yourself feel better. Yeah, that would be hysterical. You've you been know? here, you've been here for years. Yeah. And your boss says dumb shit, but also is like not a coward, but kind of doesn't ever really come down. Yeah. Yeah, that would be hysterical if Pam was like pussy. Or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was the one moment where like 
uh, uh, Steve Carell, you know, tries to pull a prank on her by firing her. Right. And like goes Genius. really like full bore on it. And she's weeping and crying. That's so Gervais. Uh, and then like she leaves and like she's still weeping, but she does say like, I hate you or something like that. Yeah. You're it's a jerk. Like, You're yeah. a jerk. Yeah. So like that was like an iota of that. But like for the most part, she's just getting like just walked all over. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard to see. Maybe that was my problem with it. It was just, it was just sad to see her just getting walked all over. And if that's the case, maybe she was playing it great. Maybe she's the MVP. Maybe the show <laughs> is like on another level than us. And it's, it's brilliant. I'm questioning everything now. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. You know, um, how many this went for at least seven or eight seasons? Uh, so I feel like it went for like, Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Because like it went for like one or two after Carell left the show. Right. So So eight or nine. And it was able to attract like a lot of fucking heavy hitters too to like guest on it and stuff. The only the only other part of the show that I've sought out is James Spader's it's like guest season yeah, on it. Yeah. And I did start watching a little bit I've of, watched the hell out of that. And he is like yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of what about J- that because that is a character who, again, like sort of has pros and cons. He just comes in as like a he interviews to be like the new manager there now that Carell's not there, and it just it, that seems to strike that balance way better. Yeah, I don't know why. Just check it out. James Spader's cool. It's fucking Ultron. Just go <laughs> watch him. You know, it's like when I see Ultron in an office. Just go watch it. <laughs> um. I also, hope he, uh, I hope he comes back. Like, I think eventually, because I know oh, Craig Robinson um, comes on to the show as well. Yes. Uh, and I feel like that probably adds a lot to yes. the comedic value of the show, because I think he's he's really talented and funny. Um, and, like, he wouldn't play a character that, like, just gets shit on or whatever yeah. and takes shit. So, I don't know. That might change things as well. There was some... I saw one episode with him, and it was... He did have some really great joke. It was delivered very well, too. He's like... Uh, Michael tried to put on a playlist of, of uh, you know, uh, Morse Day in the Time. Or he's, he's like, he, he meant to put on a playlist of Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, this is Morse Day in the Time. Or so, like a really funny, <laughs> funny kind of like, again, Michael not really being with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what's your, what's your pickup status? Like outright no, no I, with a ton of qualifications. Like if I picked it up, it would be on just the strength of Steve Carell because he's the only one that actually like flexed a muscle yeah. <laughs> in this show. If you re if you if you say conditional, say, all right, I'll pick it up. You need to reshoot it. You need to rewrite it. Or what would your notes be? You need be? to write the show. You need to write this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be such a great <laughs> note. <laughs> That's that's what mine would be. And as a viewer, like after watching that first episode, I have zero desire to watch the next. I I wanted to watch the first episode of the of the British version out of like a curiosity, but that's that's it. Yeah. That's it. Like um, the only reason I would watch the show is knowing like all the people that start coming on it. Right. And knowing that it becomes a different show. And the yeah. same thing happened to fucking Parks and Rec. Yeah. Parks and Rec got knocked on for trying to be an office knockoff. And then its first season, like, I think it's like uh, four or six episodes into the second season, it becomes its own thing, and it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. I, I would be a super conditional. I probably, if I were, you know, in charge and I passed on it, and even if it got caught on and blew up somewhere, even though I'd be the one responsible, I'd be like, you had to be there. You had to see the first episode and be like, 
Yeah. This was a long shot. Um, uh, that's it. How do you think it did get pulled, picked up? It's 2005. It's NBC. NBC's in the shitter. In the shitter. You know, I think that this show is just... It's a very... It's very telling about people. And that, like I said earlier, I think that what we like... What we like says a lot about us. And the fact that this show became so popular, it's, it's, it's almost like... It's like a very unoffensive lowest common denominator yeah. type thing, at least initially. Yeah. And then I think it sustains itself because of talent and because of like like pathos. And again, like liking these and eventually wanting good yeah. to come for these characters. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. People are just dumb. I think it it came from they had Steve Carell. Yeah. Like around two thousand three to two thousand five, like is when. Carell started like doing movies and breaking into movies and doing well and gaining like a lot more notoriety for himself. And I remember thinking it was weird that he was like doing a TV show back when like that was a legitimate thought. Like, Oh no, you're doing movies. Why are you going to do TV? Right. I don't know if I can say this, but like, so lost is on ABC right now. Right. And I don't know what's going on CBS, but I feel like things are kind of serious in television and maybe the thought that we're going to zig when everyone's zack. We're going to be goofy. We're going to be kind of low stakes, you know. And also just an attempt to get their, their Thursday nights back. Yeah. You know. So they do. They like lost Friends probably. When did Friends end? Like 2003 or four or something like that? I think three. I think it's in middle yeah. school. So it's like two years after Friends left. Right. Um. Well, see, there you go. It's like this it's this pedigree of like blase, <laughs> unfunny shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bland and, and not funny. Perfect. No, I don't know. <laughs> but there was a vacuum. I think they were just desperate for for something, and they had they That's had right, a they had a, a yeah. star locked in. So they're like, "Well, fuck it." Uh, w- can you let it ride on Corel? What else? I think maybe to. Um, this kind of faith in the original property. It's like, oh no, that like we're gonna do it. Like this is uh I mean yeah this but, is big in Britain. I don't know. But also like it's not like they had much to mine because there were only like two, two two series. series. Yeah. So they had to know like, all right, well we'll be able to to, to stretch this out. To stretch like, you know, we'll have sort of two seasons to to pull from. But aside after that, like I don't know. I don't know either. But good thing it did. But it happened, and it had, you know, good repercussions throughout the, the rest of the... I think so. Again, there'd be no there'd be no Parks and Rec yeah. if it weren't for The Office. Yeah. And I like romance. I like romantic things. Yeah. And I like people, like, recognizing that that's a nice thing, you know? So, whatever. It's, it's got its good points, but, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, who did this show, like, really launch? Like... Steve Carell was already going to be like a star as it was. And like for, you know, 30 Rock, like Tina Fey's gone on to do a lot of movies and, you know. Mindy. She's like the only one, right? Mindy is the one that I think has most achieved a level of success from because of the like the right. show. Like Krasinski was supposed to be a big rom-com guy. He flopped. Did you see he just did some, like, he played, like, a special forces guy in a movie? Yeah, it was, and, like, the Michael Bay Benghazi movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think got, like, super jacked for it. Yeah. 
Um, like of all three of those NBC shows, like the big winner there was Parks and Rec with Chris Pratt, right? That's like, pretty oh, yeah. huge. We spun off like one of the biggest stars in the world right now. Yeah. On top yeah. of like Offerman and fucking uh, Aziz and, you know, even like Aubrey Plaza to a certain extent. Definitely coming in, going out with a, it's Parks and Rec. Yeah. Again, 30 Rock. I think everyone had a lot going for them already. Yeah. Oh, everybody for Christ's sake. Yeah. Doug Baldwin, Tina Fey, you know, all they had. But um, Parks and Rec, really, it's like, what a show to be on. Yeah. Um, I think that about does it for the the American version of The Office. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, uh, this show would not be possible without you guys on the other end. Uh, listen to us jabber and, and make sometimes real good coherent points and sometimes just insane jokes about the television that we watch. Uh, there's a number of ways that you can support this show, and we would love it if you would. Um, one of the main ways is by rating and reviewing us through whatever format you use, uh, mostly the iTunes. iTunes or Google Play Music. Or Google Play, that's right. Um, so please, if you're, if you're subscribed to us, which should be, that's another thing, subscribe, please rate and review us. Also, that is a part of suggesting the, uh, a show, a future show for us, if you'd like. Rich, you want to elaborate? Yeah, you can uh, leave us a review, um, letting us know that you suggested a show to us over on our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, so just leave a post there, letting us know what you want us to watch. Yes, indeed. You can find that by searching Picked Up on Facebook. If you ever need to send us an email, you can send us one at pickeduppodcast at gmail.com. And one of our favorite ways uh, to just have a dialogue with y'all is to have you tweet at us with the handle at Picked Up. Picked up pot. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Uh, Rich, got some personal plugs? Anything like that? Uh, just head on over to arcadeaudio.net. Um, you know, new, show, there's new shows coming out every day of the week, uh, except for Saturday. And even then, sometimes there's a blank slate plopping down. Yeah. Um, there's no internet on Saturday. There's no internet so on take Saturday. So take day off. Um, and uh, yeah, you can find me at Rich Cammy on Twitter, Rich Cammy 4 on Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah. Good stuff all around. Just uh, keep an eye out. Doing stuff. Heck yeah. If you want to find me on Twitter, just find me at real.robbravo. And yeah, uh, come to come to the aforementioned Bug House Theater, 1910 West Irving Park in Chicago. Thursdays uh, throughout May, there'll be some Chicago Improv Studio ensemble shows and things like that. And they are a great time. So please check that out. Yeah, for myself, Robert, for my... My beloved, world's best producer, Rich. Thanks so much for listening to Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net. Did you want to like throw it to like break or anything like that? Like do that oh, after this thing? Yeah, we should do that. So uh, just to give you all a chance to cool your jets before you get too excited, Rich and I are going to... Uh, yeah, we're going to go to break real quick. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to do it. There will be. Don't worry about it.